Today we're going to conclude our series I'm calling The Dare. Today's dare is to forgive. I dare you to forgive. In 1880, James Garfield was elected president of the United States. Six months later, he was shot in the back in an assassination attempt. The doctors had trouble locating the bullet, and over and over and over again, they probed his wound looking for the bullet. Garfield eventually died, but not from the gunshot wound. No, the constant probing of the wound caused an infection. And Garfield died not from the gunshot wound, but from the infection that was a result from the constant probing of his wound. Here's what I know this morning, that is unforgiveness is an infection caused by the constant probing of our wounds. So this morning, I'm going to dare you to forgive. And the reason I'm going to dare you to forgive this morning is so that your wound can heal. Well, we'll talk about forgiveness today. And I want to begin by talking about the hurts. Let's talk a little bit about the hurts. I want us to listen to what King David laments in Psalm chapter 6 and verse number 6. And David laments there and he says, I am worn out from sobbing. He said, all night, he said, I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with tears. It's pretty evident that David was hurting. I want to suggest three things about our hurts this morning. The first thing I want to say about our hurts is I want to say that our hurts are personal. They're personal. Listen to what David says again in Psalm 109 and verse number 22. David says, my heart is wounded within me. Here's what I know. It's uh, impossible to get through life without being hurt. Aren't you glad you came to church today to hear this wonderful word of encouragement? But the truth of the matter is we have all been hurt. Every single one of us have been hurt by someone or by something at some time. Fact of the matter is, America has been labeled the walking wounded. Now, our wound might have been caused by what somebody said. It might have been caused by what somebody did or, or, or did not do. And, and, and here's what I know, and that is that what happened to us might not, have be, not even be a big deal if it happened to somebody else. But because of how we are wired, the wound is very deep. Our hurts are are personal. And, and, and some people are, are really, really good at hiding their hurts. Th- think about this. David was the king with kingly privileges and perks, and, and yet his hurts were real. His wounds were deep. So what I'm saying is this morning is don't, don't let somebody's position or don't let somebody's possessions fool you. Everybody has been hurt. Everyone has been wounded. Our, our hurts are personal. Not only are our hurts personal, but our hurts are painful. In Psalm uh, 42, verse number 3, the sons of Korah cried out, and they, and they cry out and they say, day and night, oh, day and night, we only have tears for food, while our enemies taunt us and say, where is this God of yours? 
Our hurts are painful. Ugly, heartless words aimed at us sting. Uh, being treated unfairly or, or being ignored or being overlooked is, is very, very, very painful. Discovering disloyalty in somebody that you love and somebody that you trust causes a very painful wound. Our hurts are personal but they are, and they are painful, but also our hurts are plentiful. Our hurts are plentiful. Hurts come from all, all directions. Or, or they come from people. Uh, they come from places. They come from problems. They come from prejudices. They come from pretenses. Our hurts are plentiful. Job chapter 14 and verse number 1 says, says, Mankind is few in days and full of trouble. And in Psalm 34 verse number 19 it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, I would, I would love to be able to stand up here and tell you that, 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 that you will live the storybook life, that it will begin with once upon a time, and that it will end with, and they lived happily ever after. I'd, I'd love to be able to tell everyone that this morning. And, and actually, this is possible, but, say but, there will be some hurts along the way, and for many various Reason. Second thing that I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the hypocrisy. Yeah, the hypocrisy. See, see, hypocrisy is a bigger thing than we think. Sometimes it's very open. Sometimes it's very visual. Sometimes it's easily detected. And, and sometimes it's very subtle. And we are all guilty. I said we are all Guilty of hypocrisy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're guilty. (laughs) Now say, I'm guilty. (laughs) Yeah, we are all guilty of hypocrisy. I'm going to give you a a couple of scriptures that I've just just learned to love over the years. The first one is, is in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter number 7 in verses 21 and 22. And the wisdom writer Solomon writes there, and he says, he says, do not pay attention to every word that people say. He said, because if you do, you may hear somebody curse you, or you may hear somebody talk bad about you, or you may hear somebody gossip about you. So he said, do not pay attention to every word that people say. And here's why. He said, for you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. (laughs) You yourself have talked about others. You yourself have gossiped. Hello? And then, and then, oh, I just, and I use it quite often, but I just love Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 3 through 5. They're in, the, they're in red. What does it mean when, when, when there's red letters in the Bible? That means Jesus said this. You know, you know, I don't think you really know who Jesus was, you know. I mean, you know, we've just got this, this uh, uh, perception of Jesus, and I don't think we really have the correct perception because Jesus was pretty direct. I think he must have been a bulldog. Read what he says. I'm a bulldog, they say, and I've never said anything close to what Jesus says. I've thought it. I've wanted to. 
But listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. He says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? That's pretty direct, right? Or how can you say to your brother, let me, hey, let me remove the speck from your eye. <laughs> look, you have a plank in your own eye. Let me give you the Mike Benson paraphrase. paraphrase. Jesus said, you know, you, know uh, you, you see a little tiny splinter coming out of somebody else's eye, and you, are, you just want you know, you to pluck that out. You want to point that out to him. You want to help him out. But Jesus said, you got a boulder coming out of yours. Verse 5, Jesus says, hypocrite. <laughs> I've never called anybody hypocrite. Out loud. <laughs> Hypocrite. First. Say first. first. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. <laughs> wow. Here's what I know. We are so quick to get offended over something that somebody has said or done to us. When the truth of the matter is we are guilty of the very same thing. Solomon said that. And Jesus said that. In fact, Jesus didn't just say we are guilty of the very same thing. Jesus said we are guilty of worse. <laughs> Let me ask you two questions here this morning. The first question I have for you, and that is, are we 100% innocent in our hurt? Are we 100% innocent in our hurt? You know, I want to be clear, first of all. I want to be clear. Sometimes we are. I'm not talking to that rape victim. I'm not talking to that uh, uh, abused victim this morning. I, but, so I want to be clear. Sometimes we are, but more often than not, we are not. Now, Joseph was perhaps one of the top three most righteous men in the Bible. You really have to look close at Joseph's life to be able to criticize this man. At least what we're told about him in Scripture. Perhaps one of the three top men in the entire Bible. Who are the others? Well, probably Daniel. And, of course, Jesus, right? But if you know the story of Joseph, you'll remember that Joseph was loved by his father. But not only was he loved by his father, but, but he was his father's favorite child. He was daddy's pet. And daddy had all this string of sons, but for whatever reason, Joseph was his pick. Joseph was his favorite, and everybody knew it. And because Joseph's father favored him over the other sons. Joseph's brothers hated him. Literally, the Bible said they hated him. The Bible says that, that Joseph's dad made Joseph this special a coat of many, of many colors. Nothing wrong with him making a coat of many colors, but he didn't make a coat for any of the other sons. And he gave this special coat of many colors to his, to, to his favorite son, Joseph. The Bible also says, if you read the story about Joseph, that Joseph had a dream. And, and in this dream, he saw his older brothers bowing down to him. 
David, or I mean, Joseph couldn't help the fact that he had a dream. And yes, God had something special for his life. But Joseph's mistake was in telling his dream to his brothers. And when Joseph told his dream to his brothers about the fact that one day they were going to be bowing down to him, his brothers became angry, his brothers became jealous, and his brothers sold him as a slave. And you read the story and you'll see that Joseph experienced one hurt after the other. Now, I'm certainly not saying that Joseph's hurt was all his own fault, but I am saying, I am saying that Joseph was not 100% innocent in his hurt either. No doubt he wore the special coat, and don't you love my coat? I wear it just for a one special member in my church that loves it so much. No doubt Joseph wore the special coat his father made him with a little bit of pride. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know? I, I was baby brother, so I felt like I was picked on, you know, by my older brothers. I, I bet Joseph, being the younger brother, I'm sure he felt picked on. And when he got picked on by his brothers, he just went into the closet, got that coat, and started striding around. <laughs> I don't know, perhaps he flaunted his dream to his brothers. When his brothers would tell him, you know, you're just the baby of the family and, you know, not much expected out of you, you know, and, you know, you're not going to do much in life. And he began to tell them, well, let me tell you about the dream I had, boys. You're going to be on your knees to me one of these days. I'm not saying that Joseph brought all of his problems on himself, but I am saying that he wasn't 100% innocent. Hello? Just place yourself in his brother's shoes. Yes, they responded badly. No, what they did was not justified, but they were hurt too. See, it's hard to watch one of your siblings be treated special by your father while your father is taking uh, you for granted. That would be hard to take, right? And it would be hard to listen to baby brother tell you that you're going to one day bow to him. See, so often we are so upset about our hurt that we aren't even aware of the fact that we contributed to it. We're talking about the hypocrisy right now. Sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes we are guilty of it and we are not even aware of it. Second question that I want to ask right here is this, and that is, are we not guilty of hurting others? See, we get all bent out of shape about our hurts, but we take no responsibility for the hurts that we have caused others. Somebody said it right, and that is hurting people hurt people. See, see, it's human nature to see things from the best possible perspective when it is concerning us. It's human nature to have 20-20 vision in seeing other people's faults, but to be totally blind when it comes to ours. Some time ago, I sat down with a family member of mine, and I listened to their perspective. Truthfully, basically for the first time in my life. 
And for years, I had looked at situations through the lens of my perspective. How I viewed things, how I saw things, uh, uh, how, how these things made me feel and how they affected me. After hearing this person's perspective and trying to put myself in their shoes, I could see things differently. And I could better understand why they acted and reacted the way that they did. I want to say this again this morning. We are so quick to blame others for our hurts without taking any responsibility at all for the part that we played. And we are so quick to point an accusing finger at somebody else without realizing that we have three fingers pointing right back at us. Again, let me say that there are exceptions. Many are hurt out of zero fault of their own, but often this is not the case. And I'm not trying this morning to be unsympathetic to your pain. I'm simply saying that we have all been guilty of hypocrisy, however subtle that it might be. Does anybody in this house still love me? All right, we've talked a little bit about the hurts. We've talked a little bit about the hypocrisy. Now let's talk about the healing. Here's what I believe this morning. Emotional healing is not complete without forgiveness. Emotional healing is not complete without forgiveness. And I believe that emotional healing is a process. And the process is not complete until forgiveness takes place. So I want to I I suggest four things about forgiveness this morning. And the first thing that I want to say about forgiveness is, and that is forgiveness is a choice we make, not an emotion we feel. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus says, he says, when you pray, forgive anyone you have anything against. Notice Jesus didn't say anything about our feelings. He didn't say, you know, when you, when you feel this overwhelming wave of the Spirit come over you. He didn't say, uh, I'm going to overwhelm you with the feels. I mean, know what the feels are. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to overwhelm you with the feels for this person or this situation. No, no, no. No, Jesus simply said, forgive. In the New Living Translation, it actually says this. It says, but when you are praying, first forgive. Say first. First. Yeah, in the New Living Translation, it renders it this way. When you are praying, first forgive. Start your prayer time by forgiveness. First. When you are praying, first forgive. Forgive. Notice he didn't say, as you get deep into your prayer time and a few shandais come out. First thing I'm going to do when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord, what does Shondai mean? (laughs) Jesus didn't say as you get deep into your prayer time and a few Shondais come out, you know, a little tingle come, no, and then you will feel, you'll feel like forgiving. No, no, no. Jesus said when you are praying first, forgive. See, forgiveness is a choice that we make, not an emotion that we feel. 
Clara Barton, founder of the American Red Cross, was reminded of a vicious deed that somebody had done to her in her past. But she acted as if she had never even heard of the incident. And her best friend said to her one day, don't you remember this? No, she replied, I distinctly remember forgetting it. See, here's what I know this morning. If we forgive through our emotions, we won't be able to sustain our forgiveness once those emotions change. Only forgiveness by choice is sustainable. Write this down this morning. True forgiveness records no history. Notice the second thing about forgiveness I want to say this morning. That is forgiveness brings about a change of heart. Matthew 8 and 30, or excuse me, Matthew 18, verse 35, Jesus says you should forgive from your heart. See, it's not hard to discover what's in a person's heart. All you have to do to discover what's in a person's heart is to listen to what is continually coming out of their mouth. There's an old saying that says, whatever's in the well will come out in the bucket. You throw that bucket down into the well, whatever's in that well, you pull that bucket back up, whatever's in the well will be in the bucket. Jesus said it like this. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever people consistently and constantly talk about is what is in their heart. I hope you've noticed how I am constantly talking about love. Some of you will get that about three weeks from next Tuesday. Let me ask you this this morning. If I, if I had a pitcher of liquid in my hands and you bumped into me, what would spill out? Whatever was in the pitcher, right? Right? If I had a pitcher of tea, what would spill out? If my pitcher was full of lemonade, what would spill out? See, see, whatever is in the picture, when you bump me, that is what would spill out. Hear me this morning. Whatever is in your heart will spill out through your mouth whenever life bumps you. A good test of forgiveness is this. What is spilling out of us? What is spilling out of us? Especially when we get bumped. What is spilling out of us? Because whatever's in the well will come out through the bucket. Notice the third thing I want to say about forgiveness this morning. That is, forgiveness will be challenged. See, it would be wonderful if forgiveness was a one-and-done deal. Wouldn't that be great? But all too often, the people who have hurt us in the past repeat the process or the residual effects of a situation that happened to us in the past. Oh, tries to rear its ugly head and cause us pain again. What do we do? What do we do? We forgive. We forgive again. We forgive by choice. We forgive on purpose. Now, I can't speak for you, but somebody keeps hurting me. I ain't hanging around with them. Hello? For another day. 
In Matthew 18, verse 21 through 22, Peter asked Jesus, he said, Lord, how many times shall my brother offend me and I forgive him? Hey, how about seven times? And I've said this before, but I think Peter was being very, very generous. I think about three. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Two's hard. I think Peter was being very, very generous. In fact, I think actually that the, the, the rabbis taught seven. I think that's where that comes from. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it is. But, but, but Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times shall my brother offend me and I forgive him? Hey, how about seven times? Jesus said to him, Peter, not seven times, but how about multiplying seven times 70? Well, in light of this statement, my fourth statement about forgiveness is this, and that is forgiveness requires the help of Christ. See, I believe true forgiveness is a supernatural event requiring the help of our Lord. I'm not sure that in my own power, I'm not sure within myself that I have what it takes to forgive people, at least especially in certain situations and circumstances and, and when things are really, really bad and when I've really been wounded and really been hurt, I'm not sure that I have the capacity. I'm not sure that it is humanly possible for me to truly, actually forgive. I believe that the only way I'm truly going to forgive is through the help of Christ. Paul writes in Philippians 4.13, that's a lot of you, your favorite scriptures. Paul says, I can do all things. Paul says, I can't do all things through myself. I can't do all things in my own strength and in my own power. But he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Pastor, you don't know my wound. You don't know my hurt. You don't know how deep it is. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And no, I do not know. And, and I have sympathy and love for you this morning. But I want to tell you this morning that there's no wound. Oh, that is too deep or hurts too much. But what? Through the love of Jesus Christ and the supernatural power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can find healing. I said earlier, I believe that emotional healing is a process. Very seldom is it a one and done. I'm not saying God can't supernaturally do something miraculously and it's a one and done deal, but most of the time it's a process. Depending upon what that wound and what that hurt is, sometimes we even need a little bit of help. Amen. We need a little bit of help. We need to go somebody that has been trained and been taught and that uses godly principles uh, to counsel and to help. And sometimes we, that's even a part of the process. That doesn't make us less spiritual. It doesn't mean that we have less faith in other people. It just means that for our particular wound and our particular situation, we need a little bit of, a little bit of godly help and, and, uh, along the way. It's, it's a process. I can do all things, but only through Christ who strengthens me. See, what I cannot do myself, I can do through the help of my Lord. I want to challenge you today to forgive. I want to dare you. I dare you to forgive. Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Well, I know what it's doing to you still. And I'm telling you that oftentimes forgiving somebody is not just for them, or it always is not just for them, but it's also for us. The greatest gift we can give ourselves is to forgive and move on. Amen. The takeaway for the message today is this, and that is we must be willing to forgive if we expect to be forgiven. Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 26, he said, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And every single one of us need to be forgiven. 
All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a perfect one here today. We have all sinned and we all continue to sin in our life in one way or the other. And so we need God's forgiveness. But the only way we're going to get God's forgiveness is if we are willing to forgive our brother and willing to forgive our sister. Father, I just pray you'll take this word this morning. Let it do what needs to be done in the heart and in the life of the people today. In the name of Jesus.